The following content is sponsored in partnership with Haymarket Media U.S. Hello, everyone, and welcome. My name is Matt Ashworth, and I'm a senior vice president in We Communications Technology Practice and the general manager for the company's Seattle office. We are here today to talk about generative AI. Specifically, we're going to talk about the potential for AI to unlock new forms of creativity for communication professionals. I'm joined today by Megan Matthews, who is the VP of Communications at PayPal. Before that, she was Chief Communication Officer for the Michael and Susan Dell Foundation. Megan has more than 25 years of experience in communications. She is a self-professed tech geek and an impatient optimist, and I'm excited to pick her brain today. Hi, Megan. Welcome. Hey, thanks for having me, Matt. Yeah, our pleasure. Um, To start, I thought, could you just share a little bit about your overall kind of passion and point of view on generative AI, set the tone for how you're thinking about AI in your current role? Sure. So at PayPal, obviously, as a tech company and one focused in payments, you know, we have been using uh, specifically machine learning models for about a decade. And I think as this explosion of Gen AI has really come to everyone's table in the past months, like at a speed, which is absolutely incredible. I mean, any given week that goes by, anyone in the communications or even the marketing field can kind of, you know, look at all the reports or even just do a simple BART or Google search or uh, any kind of search and come up with all of these new tools that are available at our fingertips. So it's exciting. However, from my perspective, it's also an opportunity to pause a little bit and, and use the discipline that we all have to say, wait a minute, what is it we really need to think about? My perspective, my team's perspective, and we're all very aligned on this, is that the initial discussions, especially in the communication sector, have been, oh, the art of this, the creativity of this that it may unlock. But actually, the science side could be even more interesting for us. And what I mean by that is that when we think about really and what's changed, right, the science has gotten better. So if we think back to AI being around since the 50s, right, and um, many of us have actually been using AI for at least a decade and probably didn't yep. know it. Microsoft Word, spelling, grammar check, like it's been there at our fingertips. We just didn't necessarily call it out. But now with generative generative AI models where natural language processors enable people like you and me to simply type in a problem and get a solution or ideas out of it, like interesting, but what's going on behind could actually unlock different things for us. So like I said, what do I mean by this? I mean the idea of different types of analytics and measurement, being able to identify, for example, how we talk to audiences in a better or more specific or personalized way, and then being able to very quickly iterate on that content. So I like to separate, we like to separate that discussion between art and creative with the actual science and how those work together. It's a really interesting point you bring up. When you talk about that art and science, how do we immerse ourselves more in the science? Because I agree with you. I feel like it's it's like all those years I was like, man, I should have went into coding. AI and the promise of AI is making it so that I'm going to have some of those benefits by using to use these conversational AI prompts and English words that I understand to interact with this technology. 
what what are you right. doing and what should other communicators do to understand both sides of that equation? Mm-hmm. So taking a step back, I mean, a lot of communicators are, depending on your agency side or on the, on the uh, company side, you know, we are almost default program to concentrate on impressions, right? How do we get more information out in the world to reach more people? I have a different perspective on this and we have a deep belief in sentiment. Um, And that's really about attitudes, right? So if you're focused on impressions as an agency practitioner, really getting your clients, you know, the most bang for the buck, getting out there everywhere, you might be focused on the wrong thing. Now, if you are focused in that area, your perspective on Gen AI, Gen AI may be, okay, more content is better. But if you take a step back from that and say, well, if we put more content out into the world when it's already incredibly noisy, is that better? Or is the creative side of this allowing us to, and the creative side of Gen AI actually allowing us to be better at that content? Okay, well, how do you become better? So flip to the science side, right? Content intelligence. How are we using these AI tools to actually figure out whether that content is working and refine, refine, refine? So again, the perspective I have is ask yourself, what is better? Is more better or is quality better? Are we reaching our audiences with the right information through the right channels? And do we know if it's working or not? Like that's the kind of balance I think we need to think yeah. about. I, I love the idea. And as a tech optimist myself as well, I, I hope that AI helps us do that, it, it, that it helps us not add to the mass and glut of semi-meaningless content that's out there that we have to wade through and that it can help us better understand an audience, better under, better deliver a powerful, compelling message that's going to move them to action and help us figure out the right way to get it to get it to them. We did a survey last month with USC Annenberg, 400 communication professionals. And it was really interesting in the survey because how communicate, and this was fielded in April. So how communication leaders across the US were feeling about it at the time was all about efficiency. It was, oh, it's going to help us, AI is going to help us offload mm-hmm. a lot of the menial tasks and, and free up more time for my people to think about strategy and to think about creative creativity, these more higher order human functions. Mm-hmm. But that notion of what you're talking about, of it can also help right. us, like, sure, that is true. And that's one symptom that's going to happen. But we've been really passionate about, we also need to be thinking about what you're talking about, about how the tools can help us be more creative in the work that we do and how the tools themselves may sort of unlock more creativity that we haven't even thought of yet. So I just wonder your thoughts a little bit on, do you agree with that sentiment and Mm -hmm. agree that we should sort of be getting that message out there and lifting up the communications profession itself to be thinking about it more than just an efficiency gain in, you know, sort of the classic tech story? Yeah, I think going back to what I talked about impressions versus sentiment, uh, and specifically about impressions, if we're concentrated on that, then I think we're missing the power of the technology to actually protect us about what from what keeps me awake at night. And what's keeping me awake at night, as I'm sure many people listening to this, uh, it, it's doing the same, is deep fakes 
and reputation management, right? So in the past couple of weeks, we've seen several stories, uh, a very concrete case. There was a photo of Elon Musk and the CEO of GM that was published. Then Elon actually tweeted, well, maybe someday. Did anyone take note of what GM stock did that day, right? There was a dip. So if we think about these tools for as, as, as tools to protect us so that we can be creative, that's very interesting to me. But, and that goes back to the science side of things as well, because we need to be able to distinguish between what is real and what is not, especially as communicators. Our number one job is to protect and grow reputation, right? And so, again, thinking about these tools as not just how do we put better ideas and more creative content into the world, but how are we really protecting that work in itself? Like, that's very interesting to me. And I think this is perspective, right? Are we adapting our approach to work around these tools? Are we designing the way we work because of the power of these tools, right? And, and that's, there's, a, there's a slight difference there. Um, and something we should think about just because of the consequence of the speed at which misinformation, deep fakes, et cetera, can actually affect the businesses we work with. How are you working within your organization and how you adopt the tools for your communication function to do that? Because I completely agree, Megan, and I think we're, mm-hmm. we're in this we're in this point where it's like, we're ping-ponging back and forth between, oh, my God, look at this amazing innovation that happened, and, oh, my God, AI is going to make us extinct. And you do, we do see a lot of people, mm-hmm. like, jumping on the trend, oh, my God, AI is a thing, and it's driving new cycles. i got to have AI, as opposed to understanding the tools. How can this tool help us be better as our communicators in really being thoughtful about our adoption while also protecting? thinking about all those new challenges, potential information leaks and confidentiality, all these things that do put our brands at risk if we're not really thoughtful yeah. about how we adopt the technology. Right. Great question. So I think going back to what I said at the opening, which is you know discipline to take a breath, uh, what we have done at PayPal, uh, at the enterprise level, we have a Gen AI uh, center of excellence, which is cross-functional, uh, includes technologists, includes corporate strategy, includes functions. And we are taking a step back and saying, based on the activity types that we have in our business lines and in our functions, what are the things we already do internally um, that could um, could be improved upon, uh, could be done that we may not even do with the use of Gen AI? What are we doing in-house already and what might we outsource? What potential vendors might we be able to use? So we're really going through each stage of our you know, communication cycle from sensing and analysis to planning and strategy, content creation, distribution, engagement, monitoring, feedback, counseling, relationships across all of our audiences and saying, okay, we already know we use this. Is there something else we need? Is there something else that we're not doing that we want to or that we need to accelerate? Um, so when, you know, talking about sensing and analysis, like really, you know, tracking what's happening with ourselves and competitors, what's tracking with issues, finding connections between them, um, monitoring the success of programs, 
or the lack of success of programs and being able to adapt. So there's a lot of on the measurement and analytics side that we're looking at, um, some tools we already use. In fact, I will share one little secret that uh, quite a long time ago, we built an in-house tool um, with our tech teams that allowed us to look at reputation resilience based on activities that would happen, crises or negative news reporting. So we've had some experience for some time. But again, I go back to that word about discipline. Don't just jump in, but have a plan because it's very easy. I think it doesn't matter again, whether you're at agency or you're in-house that you can get yourself into trouble pretty quick, right? So case in point, let's just drop some confidential information into an open source tool, right? That information now lives in the ether, as I like to say, right? You need to be using walled garden tools. So there's some things we still need to learn and understand the consequence of using them. Yep. Two things in there I want want to dive a little bit deeper on. The first is, you know, you mentioned the current risk of putting any information into some of these language models or visual tools that we don't know where it goes. We don't know if it stays confidential. Is that information going into the general knowledge base? It's been fascinating to try to think about how to guide our staff on how to use the tools because we want them experimenting with them. We want them sort of learning how to interact with AI tools and being able to understand how they can achieve goals. But we also have to be absolutely 100% vigilant about protecting our information and our clients' information. And so I'm just wondering, how have you been guiding your Mm -hmm. team in the way they should be interacting with the tools for what's possible and capable right now? Yeah, we have a policy in place, which is no original content can be created by any AI tools right now, period. And that's because, again, we don't understand the consequence of it. And are we focused on the right thing? So we're going, as I mentioned, we're going through a process, but we're also looking to where we can run pilots and then understanding with our security and tech teams, you know, what we have already in-house that we can use or what we want to test with somebody else. Uh, You know, I'll I'll throw one tool out that we are already using, but we're going to dive a little deeper into, which is Signal AI and Kelp, looking at... Uh, information and intelligence around activities and around sentiment for the company in terms of reputation. But I think my advice here is, what's the problem we're trying to solve? Oh, it's the same thing as going through strategic planning, right? What, what is the problem we're trying to solve with which audience? And what can we pilot in a really small way to learn from? A very concrete example might be developing a full 360 strategy, right? So you've got a great story you want to tell, you understand the audience, your core piece of storytelling is a long form newsroom blog article. Well, with some of the creative tools that exist, within moments, you can cut a podcast script, you can, uh, you know, test developing 16 different social posts targeted to six different audiences in four different languages. So there's, that's a very interesting test area. Uh, because it's relatively safe. There are a lot of closed uh, garden tools, closed wall garden tools. I got all my words mixed up there, but you know what I mean. Uh, we'll call it safe. <laughs> we'll call it safe tools. Okay, you're in your own safe sandbox. Tools. You're not tools. in somebody else's. Yes, thank you. You're, yes. you're in your own sandbox, um, but it allows you to to test the creativity because the speed is incredible. But I think what you know, my, many of my team members are learning in some of those experiments is that. 
you know, the tech is progressing. It still feels a little bit like a computer spitting out some words here and there. But again, the speed at which things are progressing, it's getting better and better and better. Absolutely. It sounds like you're thinking about it and applying it in a really smart way. The other thing you mentioned that I just want to double click on because I think it's really important in a good model for other communications orgs to follow is you mentioned this sort of cross-functional, I think, AI center of excellence and that you've got people from different parts of the business, you know, all kind of thinking about it together. I've talked to a lot of clients that they don't have that sort of organized approach within their their company yet. And one of the things I think one of the opportunities I think this gives to us as communicators is to be leaders within the organization on that thoughtful adoption. We are people that have chosen communication, writing, visuals, all of the things that generative AI is going to help with. The onus is really on us to understand how to use the tools, how we should and shouldn't use them, and then serve as leaders within their organization. So I'd just be curious a little bit about, it seems quick that you have that set up and rolled out. Like, how? what was the process like? Did that already exist? And how did you make sure communications had a seat at the table? Sure. Well, the lucky thing about being at PayPal is communications has a seat at the table all the time. And that's just the legacy of our leadership. And so we're very lucky in that respect. You know, it really started from the fact that we have a very large team that has been doing, you know, we have a thousand plus machine learning models in place and have for uh, more than a decade because of fraud detection and payments, right? So we're no stranger to this. So we have data scientists already in house. So there was a natural progression within the business to say, how will Gen AI actually improve experiences for our customers? Now, as part of that process, naturally it's, well, if asked, what will we say about what we're doing? So we were already looking at, okay, what is it we would discuss publicly about what we're doing uh, in the context of our business, in the context of the sector, the industry, at the speed at which things are coming to market? How do we talk about that in the context of what we will do next? because that's actually pretty exciting, but I cannot talk about that. However, um, so that, that discussion is sort of twofold. It's how do, we, how do we communicate what we're doing and why? Um, we have shied away from uh, you know, talking about predictions or what could just because of we're, you, know, you want it to align very much with uh, what the business is doing as opposed, as opposed to getting out too far out front, because frankly, everyone's talking about this. And so the question is, what value do we add in that respect? But the, uh, the natural evolution internally was really, honestly, our corporate strategy team, um, bringing the center of excellence together with all different functions, uh, including legal and regulatory relations. Um, and, and the ones I mentioned previously in product, especially to say, okay, let's, what do we need to do first? And a lot of that was around governance and policy And then how do we evaluate opportunities for customers and for ourselves at the same time? Let's switch a little bit to tools. So you mentioned Signal AI, and I love the insight you shared that, you know, there's AI we've been using for 10, 15 years in communications Mm -hmm. to do things like predictive analytics. Now we're in this new wave of excitement because GenI has kind of had some mass adoption with ChatGPT and Bing and these other tools. The real excitement comes when you sort of 
marry up what we've been able to do with using AI tools to track conversations with Gen Gen AI and hopefully helping us already start to think of how we use that data to, to enter the conversation. When it comes to tools, you made a point at the start, there's new ones coming out every week. How, what tools are you adopting for, for your own communications function or experimenting with right now so that you learn sort of this new wave of tools and are able to assess what you want to use? Mm-hmm. So we are encouraging our teams, especially in brand communications, our content creators, our content strategists, to during the day just sort of poke around and see what they can find. And like, really, there are different creative tools. I'll plug an Austin-based one. So Jasper uh, AI, they are kind of interesting, but every day they have something new on their dashboard. So it's moving at at a very interesting speed. So there are a couple of different editing tools we're looking at on the video side. There's a couple of things we're playing with related to taking core content and creating other assets with it, like podcast scripts very quickly uh, move to market. Um, so it varies, but I think our focus is really in the monitoring, the feedback loop, um, different tools that we can employ within existing channels we have for employee measuring employee sentiment. So what we're encouraging is just like, go out and see what's there. And, you know, we have some people who are just testing chat GPT. We have some people who, um, you know, and using that for research and consolidation, using BARD for the same thing. So it varies and we're not limiting anybody right now. But what we are doing is working in partnership with these experts we have in-house to dig a little deeper, figure out what will work for us. What I'm excited about, honestly, because for three decades, I think this has been the probably the greatest challenge, is finding that I do believe Gen I will bring us a fantastic front-to-back measurement and analytics tool for communications. Like full funnel, bring it all together, really tell me what I need to know that's customizable. Because you can look at the market and know just by how splintered it is that nobody has really solved it. And I think this is one of the technologies that will change the game. Definitely. hundred percent. How about you mentioned Jasper? Mm -hmm. We have tested Jasper and I have a few Jasper licenses as well. I think Jasper's uh, to your point, there's a lot of tools out there. They keep uh, coming out and they keep evolving. It's like the tool the Crazy. tool that you buy today is going to be able to do different functionality in four weeks beyond sort of the kind of content generation ones like Jasper, ChatGPT. Are you exploring at all any of the visual creators like MidJourney or Stable Diffusion? Any are you are you playing with any of those? Not playing with those. Playing with Adobe a little bit. Adobe Firefly. Yeah. Yes, we have not gone deep into that area. Because again, we're looking at what would benefit us the most right now based on our objectives and going back to the belief that we really have to use the technology to protect ourselves and be able to move at speed, right? You know, our business, and this again, depends on your starting point, who your client is, who your brand is, because in fintech, in our sector, something happens every day. The movement of money is complicated. So understanding what's real and what's not, 
uh, understanding sentiment, understanding response, we have to be able to do that uh, very quickly. And so we're quite excited about our ability to pivot or continue uh, at, at a much more rapid pace and be accurate about it. Yeah. For someone in communications who is like many, I think, in feeling like, oh my God, AI is everywhere. Everyone's talking about it. I've been too focused on serving my clients or my internal customers and telling our own AI story to really experiment with things myself. I've, I'm getting the sense for a lot of communications people that they feel like, oh my God, I'm, be- I'm behind. What would you tell somebody who is at this point saying, oh, my God, I need to get my head around what's happening? What would you tell those people on how to dive in and start getting educated? Sure. You know, do some reading, first of all, and really understand what we're talking about. Because I think the AI term has just been thrown around much too broadly. It's, it's a bit of a dangerous word now. And you can look at a lot of the data about how the publics respond to that. In the absence of understanding what it is, there's some fear out there. Uh, I think that for me, this is a little bit maybe on steroids, but this is a little bit like the metaverse, right? We did the same thing with metaverse as, as comms practitioners. Like we're running, we're behind, we have to somehow get in the metaverse, right? Well, metaverse was very two weeks ago, very two weeks ago and might make a comeback. Um, but uh, and it will make a comeback, of course. But I think in, in this particular area, I think some self-discovery is good, you know, honestly, on your own time, not necessarily on your client's time. I think you really have to think yeah. about who your client is, because this may not be applicable for all clients. There are some sectors which are like, no, hands off. We can't even go in that direction. Like, you know, it's not something they're concentrated on. It would be incredibly complex in their words. So think pharma. Um, and healthcare, like there's, there's going to have to be a lot more governance around privacy and all the things that, that um, keep uh, those in tech uh, awake as well. So I think personal experimentation is good. I think reading and really understanding the history of it. So, you know, what we're talking about now Um, and also knowing that and being comfortable with the fact that it's going to change again tomorrow. So jumping right in, is not necessarily uh, needed. Understanding it is. Because again, um, so many things will change tomorrow, next week, and there will be tools that become more purpose-built for our work with more protections built in them for confidentiality purposes, for clients, for companies. So I don't think anyone's behind. I think it's an exploratory time. And I think that even around the fact that there's you know, intellectual property and copyright and digital rights management is a wide open field right now that, that we have to be cautious because of those things as well. But, you know, dive in and just play with some things because it is really fascinating how, how this technology has evolved so quickly. To anybody listening in, I think Megan's just really given the simple blueprint. If you want to dive in, read, study and learn. Make sure you understand the tools, understand that they are going to evolve quickly so you're not behind. Experiment and talk to other people about it. Just like anytime we're trying to learn, anytime there's one of these new sort of technological disruptions, for those of us that are old enough to remember what PR was like before the <laughs> internet came, mobile, social media, no, none of us are experts. 
yet. So I just really encourage people because this technology is going to change how we work as communicators. It's going to change how the world works. Be bold, dive in, experiment with tools, and you'll catch up quickly. Megan, what what else should I ask you? What else? What other topics do you want to explore when you think about generative AI and making us more creative? Mm, let's see. You know, I think that this process and the use of AI actually points to something that may be coming back into fashion uh, for brands and 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 for agencies, which is this concept of an editor in chief, right? A strategist, content strategist, editorial strategist. Because these types of technologies can generate a lot of ideas, a lot of ideas. And you still need humans to actually help bring context to the situation. I've said to my teams, you know, this is really great that we can generate more content and it's more specific. Or maybe you find a way to inject yourself and your brand into a cultural moment. But what it can't account for yet is the response of humans and the response of the environment, right? So there's a lot of things happening around us wherein we can use Gen AI to identify human truths and brand truths, product truths, cultural truths. But when you put it all together and you go to deliver that to the audiences you want to impact, again, you still need to have that, you know, that critical judgment and that strategist point of view to really determine if that's what's right for you. So this isn't a total replacement, but I think we will see some, you know, old school roles come back into play. Without a doubt. Yeah, I've been using the quote, AI isn't coming for your job, but somebody who knows how to use AI might be coming for your job. Correct. And I think I love the analogy you made to, you know, strategic strategic planners, account planners, because when I think about the use of AI. And I think this is one thing maybe people that haven't used it don't understand is you and I sitting down with the same AI tool with the same objective in mind are going to get to different results. And that's about the questions you ask and why sort of understanding how to talk to an AI interface, understand how to use good prompts. It is like a strategic planner where we need as humans to determine what are the right questions to ask. And are we asking a question within the question that's going to get the group of people we're talking to or this new AI tool to get to what we want to, to get us that spark that's going to lead to an idea or a story platform or any of those things. So I I love that analogy to strategic planning. And it might signal that all of us as communicators need to build more of those skills because we're going to be doing more of that. You know, if you ask my teams, they get tired of me. Um, having them practice their strategy and planning skills. But, you know, you can you can always point to that and say it, it is something you will always, always need. And to your point about prompts, you know, and being able to ask great questions in that context, you know, there are tools coming out again every day. I think I saw nine last week, which are interfaces that are writing prompts for you. So there'll be interfaces for interfaces for interfaces that just make it simpler and simpler and simpler. But again, what's happening behind the scenes is so interesting because it's really, you know, all of these combinations of algorithms and another word for math equations for those of us that were great at math or not great at math, right? We don't have to write them anymore. Um, But it's, you know, these systems are making predictions or they're finding connections between data, right? And imagine the time that it takes us to sort of put together uh, information in the planning process, some of that can be short cycled 
which is really interesting. And then we can really apply that critical thinking to what's right for our brands and clients. So lots of fun stuff. Lots of fun stuff. It's definitely an exciting time. I think uh, for those of us that, that work in communications and for those of us that support tech brands, we're really, we have no choice but to sort of be immersed in this and learning it. I, I think we'll close there. I really appreciate your time and your insight, Megan. And I think we can leave the audience with dive in, experiment with the tools, learn as much as you can, talk to other people, but be really thoughtful and deliberate about adopting the tools and make sure we're using the tools to achieve a goal and make ourselves better, not just because it's the newest, flashiest thing. All right. Thank you everyone for joining. 